Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Today on the podcast, I had the pleasure of interviewing Emily Tanner. I'm going to let you know a little bit about her and her mission before you jump on in, but Emily is a CrossFit athlete. She's a coach. She's a teen specialist. She has a bachelor's in human physiology from the University of Oregon, and she is currently residing in Salt Lake City, Utah. She is a four-times CrossFit regional competitor and a one-time CrossFit Games team competitor. And on top of that, she is the owner and creator of the Embodiment Project, and this is a coaching program dedicated solely toward working with teen girls on everything from their athletic pursuits and nutrition to gaining confidence and peace with their bodies. Emily has also started a group for all teen girls looking to learn more about fitness, nutrition, and self-love called the hashtag M-Tribe. This is a positive vibes only, inclusive support group with the goal of connecting like-minded teens around the world, providing education and support for them in their personal health journey. And so Emily really believes in these in teen girls just really learning to love and appreciate themselves and step into this authentic version of themselves so that they can be genuinely happy. And I love what she's doing. I love this mission that she's on. And I really loved what we were able to talk about on the podcast. So I know that you're going to love this episode. Um, Please tag me in your Instagram stories. Let me know what you're loving. I know it's going to be a good one. So settle in and I will see you inside. I'm Mindy Hancock, mindset and life coach, and you're listening to the Bold Ambition Podcast. This podcast is a high-vibe, expansive space for the bold, ambitious, badass-whatever-it-takes woman. Settle in. Let's do this thing. So welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited you're here. So first, I wanted to just have you kind of give a background to the listeners of who you are, um, where you came from, um, your athletic background, because I know that you, obviously, that's a big part of your life and like what has led you to where you are with the Embodiment Project. So just kind of give us a background of who you are. Who is Emily? (laughs) Um, so I was born and raised in a very rural area of Michigan. So kind of a little farm girl born and bred. I grew up dancing, doing ballet, but at the same time I was taking pigs and cows to the county fair. So it was kind of a mix of an upbringing, (laughs) um, but athletic background growing up is I did everything from, I say everything girly because I was really into dance, ballet every kind of dance, um, competitive cheerleading and whatnot. My mom was the cheer coach at my high school. So that was a big part of my life through my whole upbringing. Um, So that was everything that I was really, really into. And then I ended up going away to college at the University of Oregon, actually kind of hopped across the United States. And I did what was called acrobatics and tumbling there. And at the time, it was an NCAA emerging sport. And it's kind of a mix between competitive cheerleading and gymnastics. And um, there was nine schools at the time across the country that offered it as a division one sports with scholarships and whatnot. So it was kind of a risk and a leap of faith to move across the country and to try this new thing. But I absolutely loved it. From there, I went into coaching. So I started coaching full time for acrobatics and tumbling, but I really missed being an athlete myself. So that's where I kind of found CrossFit. I was bored one day walked into a gym and was like, hey, this is pretty cool. It's like a mix between kind of the gymnastic stuff that I loved. Plus, I get to lift weights. I get to be strong. I was pretty good at it when I walked in. So I was like, that's, that's kind of cool. Um, so that's what really suckered me into CrossFit right away at the beginning. I drank the Kool-Aid pretty hard. And <laughs> that's when I was in Texas uh, coaching at Baylor University. And Pretty quick on starting CrossFit, I knew that I wanted to compete, that it was going to kind of fill that void in my life that I left behind from being a college athlete. Um, So I took it pretty seriously from the beginning, but I had quite the uphill battle. I had a little bit of time in between my athletic career and finding CrossFit where I wasn't a super healthy individual and um, had dug myself into a little bit of a hole, I would say kind of mentally and physically. Um, had just put on weight, wasn't really enjoying like working out and making and doing things to make myself feel good. 
um, as far as taking care of my health and whatnot. So it was quite the journey kind of getting back into CrossFit and that competitive kind of spirit. And then from there, moved to Salt Lake City. That's where I'm at now with my husband um, from his job. And I train full time, um, brute strength athlete. My coach and everything is right here in Salt Lake City. So I devote a ton of time and effort to competing in CrossFit. And at the same time, I coach um, locally in person at a gym, um, a few teen athletes in the area in person, and then a lot of work online with younger athletes kind of coming up into the sport that want to be competitive. Um, More on the mental side, how do I handle balancing everything from school to social media to um, kind of the demands that it takes to be an athlete, nutrition, how do I balance that? And that's a lot of what the Embodiment Project is, is kind of Um, teaching those girls to embrace that at a young age and how to help them in their journey kind of individually. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think that you really found an area and a niche that like really needed to, to be served. And I, so when I saw that you launched this, I was like, Oh, this is genius. Like there, there are these, these teen girls that are wanting to do this and wanting to grow this um, grow in their athleticism and like compete and do all these things. But if they, if you can help them now on the side of the things that you didn't know before, that's Mm -hmm. where it's like there, if you, it's, it's being able to like help someone walk through something that you've already been through and you have figured Mm -hmm. out all of these things that you did not know. And if you could have known, then you would have paid, you would have wished you had somebody to tell you how to do it. So totally, (laughs) I love that you found this like, oh gosh, this is totally something that I I need to help these girls with. And so when it comes to like balancing like school or balancing your, and, and whatever it is that they're, you know, if they're competitive in CrossFit or gymnastics or whatever they're doing, like how, what is something that you're, that you're helping them to balance it all? How are they, how are you helping them balance it all and realize that you can still, you can be an athlete, but it doesn't always, it doesn't necessarily have to be your only identity. Like you can still be you, but also be this incredible athlete. Yeah. So what I found is um, the way I kind of first came about this was just from coaching some teens in person and noticing, like having conversations with them one-on-one separate from each other and noticing that they had... Really stopped. Are <laughs> you totally me? And noticing that they had kind of like similar struggles and interest at the same time, yet weren't really being able to find a support group to help them through that. Yeah. So I first started um, figuring this out working with some athletes in person, and I had a couple different teens that I was talking to, and we were we were doing like one on one, more like personal training. So they didn't they didn't necessarily know each other. Um, but I noticed we were having really similar conversations, things like, I don't feel like I fit in at school because I'm different. Like I have different goals than my peers. Like I want to take control of my nutrition, but I'm afraid of in the lunchroom being like judged for those decisions or being told that it's not healthy um, for me to be concerned about making those decisions. We were just having a lot of similar conversations with different teens. And I realized um, that these are common problems actually in teen athletes. They're just not necessarily receiving the support from each other. Mm-hmm. So they're feeling like pretty isolated, especially in CrossFit is pretty unique in that most of the people at gyms and whatnot are adults. So the teens are kind of isolated and scattered across and not a good way for them to connect. So as part of the embodiment project as well, I have an online group and it's through Instagram because the kids love Instagram. Um, (laughs) That is only teen CrossFit girls. So they're all 13 to 19 and it's just, we do a ton of communication back and forth. Like I have girls take over the story, share their stories and whatnot. So that way they can connect and kind of share the similar struggles that they're going through and kind of share their stories of how they balance everything with school, what tips help them, um, what they've encountered as far as dealing with their peers and friendships outside of CrossFit, um, maybe deciding not to do school sports anymore. I have a lot of kids that are kind of torn between I want to participate in my track and field season, my basketball season, because 
those are, that's what my friends are doing. I don't want to feel isolated yet. I really want CrossFit and I want to be able to excel there. So helping them kind of talk through those decisions, like what makes you happy? When are you happy? Are you happy at the gym? Are you happy at basketball practice? Is being with those peers valuable? You may not have a chance after high school to participate in team sports. Do you love the team environment? So a lot of it is kind of helping them talk through those things and figure out what makes them feel happy and what decisions will make them enjoy their teen experience. So I'm really just there to help them come to those conclusions. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So the way you have it set up, you do a lot of group, um, teen group coaching and, um, one, like in person, you have some one-on-one, um, clients as well. But as far as in the online space, do you also coach, um, teens one-on-one as well, not just in a group aspect? So I don't do programming right now for teens. Um, Everything that I do as far as coaching online and whatnot is more from the mental coaching support side. So um, I have a few like gymnastics programs and stuff that I have some teens enrolled in, but everything is online through either courses or through our groups. We're bringing them together. Um, As part of the embodiment project, I have um, an online course that's called Slay Yourself Talk. And it's all uh, geared towards teen athletes, but it's all about your self-talk. Like, how do I talk to myself in a positive light as far as body image, my goals, um, things that I want to accomplish, setting realistic goals, setting effective goals, how do we reach them? Um, How do you make your own mind your best advocate and your best coach? Absolutely. And I even think that um, the listeners now, I mean, even as adults, we can sometimes negative self-talk can get so loud and we can begin to pick ourselves apart and we can, we can literally find 1 million things that we hate about ourselves. Like it's, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so much easier to find the things that you hate yeah. than the things that you love. And so yeah. even as an adult, I think that negative self-talk is something that it's even, I think in the new year right now, that's when we start seeing like, Oh, I'm so mm-hmm. this, or I'm so that I need to change this. I need to change that. Um, because of all this, you know, like new year, new me, you know, mindset, everybody's, you know, talking about. So when it comes to just in general and negative self-talk and being able to take control of your mind and take control of your thought processes and changing the way you think, what is something that you tell the, the, the teens that are in your course, but that could also relate to any female because females in general, we definitely love to negative self-talk ourselves. So what is something that you would say? Um, I'd say one thing that is a huge part of the Slay Your Self-Talk program is every day we go through a daily affirmation, but um, the very first lesson is about affirmations and how affirmations really don't mean anything without action. So what we do is we do this through Snapchat, actually, because I'm working with teens, so it's a ton of fun for them. And every week, I send them one daily affirmation. So every day, they send me back via Snapchat a video of them saying their daily affirmation in the morning, something like, I am strong, for example. And then by the end of that day, they have to send me back a snap video of them explaining one action that they took that day that made them believe that they were strong. So for example, they could say something like, I tell them to, to think past like practical, like a lot of my girls do CrossFit. If you PR your clean and jerk, that's great. You can use that one day. The next day. Yeah. The next day, give me a different example of why you're strong. So I am something like I am strong because Normally, I'm scared to speak up in class, but today I raised my hand and spoke up in class without being prompted to. So that way we're reinforcing that they possess these qualities instead of just saying and trying to make yourself believe that you possess these qualities. We're giving examples of this is true. You really are this person. You are strong. Oh, my goodness. I love the way that you put it into action because it's so true. And I've even told my clients, too, that you can believe all, or you can say all day long that I am worthy. I am amazing. I am strong. I am beautiful. You can say it till you're blue in the face, but unless you truly believe it and you truly act yeah. on it, it means nothing. Yeah. Like it are, they are literally words coming out of your mouth. That's yeah. all. So I love <laughs> that you like prompt them to take it into action and like 
and have to come back and report as to how do they show themselves they are strong? How do they show that they are whatever the, you know, their affirmation was that day? I love that you did that because it's not only allowing them to, to recognize it in themselves, but it's also giving them a little bit of accountability um, as well because, and, and accountability obviously is key. So you can, so when you're having that person saying, okay, like you need to find and recognize this in yourself and then come back and tell me, but it's, it's giving them that power to, oh, I, I did do this today and that was strong or that was amazing or that was, you know, or I, I did look at myself in the mirror today and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm so beautiful. Like I really thought that, um, or I love the way my hair looked, whatever it is. Um, yeah. So I love that you do that. I love affirmations. I think affirmations are definitely key. And a lot of times it's like retraining your thought process and like, you don't have to believe them at first and you're probably not going to believe them, but you have to say them and do them until you do believe them. Yeah. And I tell them to kind of like with the strong example, um, is don't be afraid to look outside the box, like strong or brave or beautiful is different for everyone. So um, beautiful one day could be you love the way that your hair looks that day. The outfit that you wore made you feel really beautiful and confident. Yes. But it can also mean that you went outside your way to help somebody that day. And that was a really beautiful act of kindness. Mm -hmm. So I tell them, look outside the box and find that beautiful within yourself because it's going to look different on every person. Mm, yeah. So I think exactly. like you're saying, like changing your thought process, that's a huge part of it too. find the qualities within yourself of what makes you strong, what makes you beautiful, what makes you brave. That's different from other people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, that all of these affirmations and like affirmation work and what you're doing is exactly how you, the, the first step into slaying your, your negative self-talk, like 100%. So I love that you're doing that. Um, but I do want to touch on, because I think this kind of, kind of, it kind of goes hand in hand with whenever as an athlete or as an entrepreneur or as a, you know, whatever it, it could be, I feel like it could go in a lot of, um, walks of life and in any seasons of life, it depends like you, I, I'm going to, I'm going to revert back to a post that you made, um, about average is overrated and how you have felt like that the size you wrote, the size of your body is not proof of how hard you do or do not try. And you talked about your goal is always to compete in the CrossFit games and that sometimes like you, that average isn't necessarily what it, it's overrated. And just because you're not what they say you need to be in order to fit in this box or whatever you need to be successful or to be in the CrossFit games, that it doesn't mean that you can't. And so it's all like, so if you could just speak on that a little bit and how do you help your, your teens understand this as well? Because it's also, it's a mindset, mindset shift as well, because we can, we can think, okay, well, I'm not as, you know, I'm not X, Y, Z because, so I can't be in the CrossFit games or I can't be a successful coach or I can't be this because I don't have what a typical person does that does this. So because I don't, yeah. I already can't, I will never be able to, unless I do this and become this type of person. And then we start to almost get into this imposter syndrome kind of thing where it's like, well, why could I, I can't do that because I'm not X, Y, Z. So why would I, why should I be able to do that? So what is yeah. your thought process? And just kind of take us down this like thought process of yours on, um, because what you wrote was like, it was beautifully said. And I was like, yes, I need, I need my listeners. to Okay. So, um, just a little background. I have your average CrossFit athlete, as far as being at the CrossFit games background for them, for females is typically five, two to five, four, um, average weight around like the 145 to 150 range. And I'm like five, six and a half, almost five, seven, typically sit right around like 165 without being really dialed into my nutrition and being really stringent on everything. That's where like my natural set point is. That's where my body is most happy. Mm -hmm. So I'm quite a bit bigger than your average CrossFit athlete that you see at the CrossFit games. Now there are some outliers that are taller, stronger, whatever, but the average is right there in that range. And, um, I, in the past had always put a ton of pressure on myself that you know, I need to get closer to that average. It's not going to be possible if statistically I don't fit the numbers and really was worried that from an outside perspective, even if I believed that I could do it, um, 
other people were looking at me immediately and saying, well, she's just too tall or she's too big. She's not lean enough. Like it's not really going to be possible. Or is she really that committed to her goals? Cause if she was, wouldn't she be able to get smaller and be closer to um, that average range? So I, I really took it personally, like felt like people were kind of judging my commitment to my goals and ability to be able to accomplish them based on what they could see from the outside picture if that makes sense. So it was a really like deep rooted um, place of kind of like self-consciousness for me. Like I was really, really concerned about it for a long time. And I had these big goals and big dreams of making it to the CrossFit Games inside my brain, but I was afraid to say them because I was like, people are going to bring those things up. Like, I don't know if I can handle that kind of like scrutiny and judgment, you know, because that's, that's a tough thing when somebody's telling you like, physically you don't fit the bill like it's not going to happen because physically you can't make those changes so for a long time it made me really afraid to say that those are what my goals really are and kind of come to terms with it and then recently just being older um, I'm almost 30 I've done a lot of research and honestly working with teen girls has kind of helped me take a step back to be able to reflect on my own self-talk and kind of the things that I'm afraid of and holding back from. And even though I was telling these girls, like, this is what you have to do. You have to talk to yourself that way. I wasn't really fully doing that to myself. And I, I kind of realized that and was able to take a step back and be like, okay, I don't fit the average, but I am really strong because I'm bigger than those girls. Like I can outlift them. I have been able to since day one, that's always been my niche and kind of CrossFit. So it's like, okay, how can I capitalize on what I do have and my strengths and try to mitigate my weaknesses and kind of bring it together, but be proud of what I bring to the table and the athlete that I am and how I can excel in this sport um, and not be so concerned about being the exact same athlete that maybe these average athletes are, but kind of taking advantage of the things that I'm really good at and where I excel and kind of trying to bring the whole picture together as far as myself as an athlete and not trying to be exactly what these other athletes are. And that really helps me come to terms with, no, I am a professional CrossFit athlete. I am good. I can say these things out loud. This is my goal. Um, I'm just going to go about it at a little different path than what you would normally see. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that and being okay. And I think that, um, it, it can go from an athlete standpoint. It can go from an entrepreneur standpoint. Like I said, it can go from so many standpoints that you can think, okay, well, the average athlete and, you know, CrossFit athlete is this, or the average um, entrepreneur that is doing the same thing that I'm doing. This is who they are. This is what they've done prior. This is what they um, have in place. This, you know, they have a VA and they do this and they do this. And like, <clears throat> but I'm not, I, I, that's not me. How am I going to like, how, how can I do that as well? Like, but it doesn't mean that you have to do everything and like, you have to put yourself in this box. And the only way to get to, you know, from point A to point B is this one way. Um, right. you can still get there. It just might be in a different, like a different route and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And that's just your own unique journey. And I think that, um, that's something that, it's powerful. And for you to bring that into the work that you're doing with the teens, because they, they, they see you as such a strong role model anyway. And so for you to be very vulnerable and open and say like, look, this has been something that I have battled with for a long time saying like, I am not average, quote unquote average, but I, but now I 100% believe that I can do this and I know I'm going to do this and I'm committed to this. And it's okay that my journey is going to look a little bit different. And mm -hmm. I think that goes with so many other things that being an, my entrepreneurship journey is different than yours and different than, you know, my husband's like every, everybody's <laughs> is a little bit. Yeah. And we, yeah. I will say side note, we know Emily personally, so she knows my wonderful, wonderful husband <laughs> most of the time, but yeah. Um, anyway, so everybody's entrepreneurship journey is different. And so just because my journey is one way, your journey is another way. It doesn't mean that we can't get from, you know, not successful to successful. 
and we can all do it. It just means that our journeys might be a little bit different and we might take different detours. We might do things a little bit differently, but doesn't mean that we all can't do the same thing. We all can't mm -hmm. get to that end goal that we have. So I like that you kind of brought that to light and said like, just because you're not the average crossfitter, you're not the average entrepreneur, you're not the average whatever the case may be, doesn't mean that you can't do it. And so yeah. it's all about like mindset and like mindset is so huge. And I think that, um, I, I, I really like that you talked a little bit about that too. I'm going to ask you to talk a little bit more in just a second because, um, mindset right now, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just like the personal development world and all this stuff or what, but like mindset and the power to shift your mindset is so huge right now. And I feel like it's so prominent in what we hear and which is great. Like I 100% believe that you could, you have the power to, to change your like reality and like what you believe and what you choose to be true about yourself or your reality or whatever. I believe that you have the ability to change your, your, your circumstances at any point and the way you view them. So, um, I love that you are already working because I wish now looking back to as a teen, I was that teen who, that I was taught from a very young age that, you know, you, you suck in your stomach, you do all of these things. Like you have to, yeah. like, I always felt that I was, I always felt that I was bigger than like my, my friends were always these girls that were naturally thin. I was always the one who had to struggle that, that struggled with my weight as a teen. I was mm. always the one that like, if I ate the way they did, I would be like done for like, it was like, <laughs> like weight would just be like every, like it was not, yeah. it was not the easiest road for me. And I always had this negative body image and it has, and it, it goes through into your adulthood when, if you don't know how, if you don't have these mm -hmm. same, I just wish now that I would have had these mindset tricks and tools that I have now as a teen, because then that's all I saw. I saw myself so negatively and then it went into adulthood and then as I, you know, got older and now, you know, I'm in my thirties and it's like, I spent so much time hating who I like hating myself and hating my body and mm -hmm. that I lost like a lot of like time that I could have just enjoyed the moment and where I was and, and, and thankful for the body that I have, whether it be exactly what I wanted, but, and in that headspace, no matter how hard I worked, no matter what I did, no matter what diet I did, no matter what workout I did, no matter what I see happen and change, it was never good enough. Mm -hmm. Because my mindset was always, I would never be enough. Yeah. And you had this vision of something that you wanted and trying to get there. And it's um, going back to working with teens and stuff. It, it really is a huge thing, especially in teens and these CrossFit girls and stuff. They're all maturing at different rates. You know, I have some girls that are already five, five that are the tallest that they're going to be. And she's 14, but I have another girl who's four five and she hasn't put on any weight yet. Like she hasn't started to become a woman at all yet. And she's at a different journey. She feels like she's too small. She's never going to be strong enough to be a CrossFit athlete. Like she's feeling a lot of pressure that she has to get bigger while the other girl's worried. Like I'm, I'm too big. Like it's making me really strong right now. I'm excelling right now, but am I going to get too big? I'm bigger than the rest of my friends. Like the teenage years are just such a struggle because you're in this constant like comparison loop with your peers and whatnot. And that, and at more than any other point in your life, you're just at a different pace than like the people around you. Like everybody's kind of moving at their own journey and kind of maturing mentally and physically at different rates. So it's really an interesting thing to be a part of. Uh, but one thing that I really, really try to stress with them that we talk about a lot is appreciating your body for what it allows you to do and the fact that you get to show up every day that you get to walk into a gym and that exercising is a celebration of the body that you've been given and your abilities to move and um, to do the things that you want to do not in any way um, a punishment for other life choices that you've made or something that you need to do to kind of mitigate nutrition choices or um, I feel like a lot of adults have a negative relationship with not only food, but exercise in itself, mm -hmm. seeing it as kind of like a cure or um, a balance, like I said, for other choices that they've made, like they went out binge drinking or over the holidays ate too much. So now they feel like they have to be in the gym extra to like make up for that. And that's pressure instead of using it as stress relief, me time, 
um, bettering themselves and as like a mental release and whatnot. So we start talking about that from a really young age that exercise is important for you as a stress reliever and something that you get to do and that you enjoy doing instead of um, the opposite that a lot of people I feel like in my generation and stuff are raised to exercise is a fix. It's a cure. It's something that you have to do because you chose to do this, not something that you get to do because you love to do it and you enjoy doing it. That so. is so true. So true. And I think one thing <laughs> you said too, is that the difference too now, I even think too, is that you not only have these teens that you're, you're working on their mindset, but you also, and this time in their life, it's such this, you know, this, this crazy time they're they're in comparison with their friends and all that stuff. But then you throw social media into the, into the world, into the, oh my. <laughs> yeah. it becomes, and so like, luckily we didn't really have to deal with that. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't have Facebook when I was a yeah. teen. So like, we didn't have to worry about, we might've compared ourselves to the people we were around, but we didn't have to compare ourselves to people we didn't even know. And yeah. people that we just follow on Instagram and social media that maybe are athletes or maybe are doing whatever that they want to be doing or they aspire to do and they start to compare themselves. So what do you do um, to help them see that social, like social media for what it is as it is, as it, it is a tool and it is a very powerful tool, but it doesn't have to be something negative. And so that, that's what I think too, that a lot of teens, we, they, they, um, <laughs> <laughs> kept, could you hear my computer dinging i could but it's totally fine my computer dings he kept all the texting time. me and then walks in i love it and i love that um i hardly ever edit anything out of my podcast just because it's like super real so everybody we just had a good little laugh um but oh, gosh. <laughs> anyway, so like social media and how, how do you help them navigate this world that you never really had to worry about as a teen? Like you're 15 and you're kind of like, you know, becoming a woman and you're wanting to, you're, you're an athlete, but you didn't have to worry about seeing all the stuff that you see on social media and start feeling negatively about yourself because of it. So what, how do you help them navigate this, this social media world? Oh my gosh. It, it's tough. <laughs> I'm thankful for not growing up in quite that much because one thing about social media and stuff, like when you're in school and you're around your peers and whatnot, there are those pressures and those feelings. But for the most of us, we got to go home and be surrounded by our family and like hopefully in situations where we were loved and embraced and got to shut that stuff off. And the biggest thing with social media is it just never turns off. It follows them everywhere because they have these phones in their pockets. They're constantly on them. This thought process, like they're never given a break from it. So if it's taking them into that negative thought process and giving them those feelings, it's really hard to kind of break that cycle and remove yourself from it because it's just constantly always there and always available. Um, some things that we really, that I try to do to kind of mitigate this is honestly just be really open and honest about my story and where I'm at and kind of what is the realistic lifestyle for someone who is aspiring to be a full-time athlete. Because mm -hmm. um, like I said, a lot of them are athletes that I'm working on and stuff and you're totally right. They see it on social media. All they see is a highlight post that PRs that somebody had a really tough week of training and they posted all of their programming. Um, so they see how much they're actually in the gym or they're posting their um, counting macros is huge in CrossFit. They're posting their macronutrient numbers with every meal that they eat and things like that. So these kids are like, wow, like this is what these people are doing every single day. You know, so especially with the holidays, I've had a lot of them talk to me. They're feeling a lot of stress and pressure because um, they want to be able to do these things with their families and enjoy this time, um, yet they feel like it's kind of like giving up on their goals or negatively approaching their goals, taking back from the work that they've already put in to get there. Um, and I just try to remind them that what they see on social media is the highlight rules. Like even these top tier athletes, the people winning the games are still probably eating a cookie on Christmas. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> you know, they may not post the picture of that cookie and you may only be seeing their abs a couple days later. Um, but none of these athletes are 100% perfect. It's about finding kind of that balance and realizing that the stuff that you see, it's great. It's hard. They're training tough but so are you. And even though you have those ups and downs, 
realize that you're seeing your whole story. You're not just seeing your highlight reel. Yeah. Um, so just kind of being really open with them about that. I send out monthly newsletters and each part um, at the bottom is kind of a note from me. And it usually has something to do with my not so highlight reel, the thing that I wouldn't post on Instagram, just kind of showing them that um, it's normal that everybody is kind of struggling with these things and trying to find that balance. Adults still, you probably will your whole life. You can try to embrace it as much as you want, but you'll always have moments where you're kind of doubting yourself or feeling like you're not making the progress that you want to make. Um, but just reminding yourself that that is everybody, not just you, even though what you see on social media is kind of like that highlight reel and the big moments in these athletes lives. There's also lots of other stuff that makes up the story. Yeah. And I even say that I, I've told myself this and I've told my clients this too, even as a grown female and we start seeing, you know, people on social media that have like the perfect life because it's on a highlight reel or the perfect house or the perfect, you know, whatever. And if it starts to trigger me or my, like my client saying like, I can't, I can't show up on social media and show my stuff. Cause I don't have stuff to show like she does or this person does. And I, I'm not as interesting or whatever. I, that's a trigger, like unfollow them. Like there's no reason oh, yeah. to be like, maybe if it's like, I don't even care if it's your sister. Like if your sister's triggering you, then unfollow her. Like you can love her from afar. You don't have to love her on social media. It's okay. And so I just like for myself, I even had to check myself just recently. Like I have to unfollow this person because I am starting to like compare my, my journey to their journey. And my chapter, you know, six is, does not matter what their chapter 21 is. Like, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Like I can't compare those chapters. Like, I don't know what her chapter six was. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And so just being able to like, take your, take that power and just like, I'm going to unfollow these people who are triggering me and that's okay. They don't have to know that you trigger them and it's nothing against them. It's just that you're, you're respecting yourself and your energy and your like thoughts and your mindset by unfollowing someone that triggers you. Yeah, totally. I, I tell them the same thing. If they don't inspire you, make you feel motivated or make you feel uplifted, then you don't need to follow them. And that's, that's your decision. You get to decide who's posting and whatnot makes you feel um, inspired and uplifted. And if anything you look at and you feel negative at following other teens is tough for you to see kind of where they're at in their journey compared to you then you don't have to follow them just yet. Follow the people that make you feel good about yourself and make you feel like you're on the right path in your journey. For sure. Um, I want to backtrack just, well, a lot of it. <laughs> to, <laughs> when you said that um, in your intro, you kind of talked about how you left home and, and you went to Oregon for college and it was like this kind of leap of faith because it was something new and it was this new, like, it was an upcoming, like, new, um, sport that you weren't like, it was just like this huge leap of faith. You weren't sure what was going to happen. You didn't know what was on the other side uh -huh. of this. And I just want to, because I feel like a lot of, in, in a lot of seasons of life, we have these leaps of faith. We have these things where we, we can't see the other side of it. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen or how it's going to happen. And, and, but for some reason we like have this feeling that we should do it and we don't really know why or like what's going to happen because of it. And we can either make the choice to leap and see what happens and like release the how it's going to happen or what's going to happen and just release all that and leap and go. Or we can decide to walk away because we're unsure and we're fearful and we don't know what's going to happen. Um, so those are your two choices. Like, what are you going to choose? And so when you had that choice of like, okay, I'm going to leap into this and I don't know what's going to happen. And there's like this unknown and I don't know what's going to, what's going to happen in the future. What is this going to look like for me? What may, what, what was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And what was that like for you? Just taking that leap of like straight up into the unknown. Oh man. Okay. So, <laughs> totally. So just a little bit more background. Like my hometown is pretty small, about 4,000 people. My entire family still lives there. Like both my mom and dad have like seven, eight brothers and sisters and all of my cousins. And when I grew, grew up going to the same one public high school, um, as them and everything. So it's not really a place where people leave and go away to college. Like I grew up in Michigan. If you go to Michigan or Michigan state, like, that's a big deal. You went away to school, you know, instead of going to like the community college or call smaller schools nearby. So, um, honestly, I, 
I have to put credit out there right now to Felicia Mulkey. So she's now head coach at Baylor University, but I was just head over heels. Like competitive cheerleading was my thing. Like as much as I'm into CrossFit now, it sounds silly to people when I tell them about it. Cause they're like, what cheerleading, but cheerleading in my high school was like, it was a big deal. My mom was a coach and we were multi-time state champions. I was all state since I was a freshman and things like that. And it was just, it was my life. It was what I lived and breathed and loved to do um, back then and spent hours since I was like four in the backyard um, doing it. So I, I would have to say now looking back, like my identity was really wrapped up in it. I couldn't have imagined a life without continuing to do something like that. Um, but back to body image again, I was originally at Michigan state university and didn't make the cheer team because in college it's a co-ed cheer team. And while I was really good at picking up other girls, I was not small enough to be a flyer for girls um, on top of other guys. And so this team, acrobatics and tumbling, was an all-girl sport. It was females only. So it was there was a place for someone of every size from being a base, lifting girls up. It was cool to be bigger, to be stronger, um, to having our smaller flyers that were under five foot, under 100 pounds. You know, yeah. so we had a really wide range. Um, but honestly, all it took was one phone call conversation with Fee, <laughs> the um, <laughs> coach who at the time was at University of Oregon. And I was like, oh, girl, I am so sold. Like, give you out of this small town. Here we go. And just because if you have ever heard in an inter interview with her or anything, she's the most passionate person mm -hmm. that you've ever met in your life. And um, she just has a way of kind of bringing out the best in that positive self-talking person like first phone call conversation I had with her it was you're going to be so valuable to our team we need someone that's strong we need someone that's tall we need someone um, that can be a base on our team like you're going to have a perfect fit just the way you are here and I was like yes sold that is what I need that's what I want to be a part of and my entire experience at Oregon was is 100% the catalyst for everything that I've done thus since as far as continuing into CrossFit and being able to embrace my body for what it can do and really being able to kind of shift that mindset from I need to look a certain way and it's about aesthetics to being able to um, realize that my goals are performance-based and being okay with that and loving that about the journey and the goals and wanting to help other girls find that. And yeah, Oregon and Fee was definitely the place where all of that started to shift and started to settle in. So yeah, and just to think that if you just decided not to, like, what how that <laughs> would have changed, like the the entire like process and and path as to which you went, you know, like, and you from going, if you would have decided, I don't even that, know, <laughs> yeah, like if you would have decided that whenever you did not make the cheer team at in Michigan, that because of the fact that you could not be a flyer. You were, you know, you were too big to be a flyer. So if you would have chose that to be your truth and that would have been like, okay, I'm done. Like now, now this is where I'm at. Like I can't be, I can't be a competitive in competitive cheer anymore because now, um, I can't do this. You could have chosen that or you could have, but instead you're like, okay, I found this other thing and now I'm going to go do this. And this is where like, I am strong and it's, it's okay to be strong and it's okay to be like, they need me. And this, this is, this is a perfect fit for me. So I love that you just kind of like how, how you, how the process went and like, you could have easily just said, okay, like, and now I'm done with this, this, this is the end. Or instead choosing yeah. a different route, like it was a different sport, but you were still able to do what you loved. Mm -hmm. so it yeah, kind of went hand totally. Hand. And yeah. And so first yeah. of all, I want to, and say I would say thing. like, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Okay. I think we're on a lag. Oh, no, no, no. And I was just saying, yeah, it sounds a little funny, but yeah, I was going to say the same thing was then like the continuation into CrossFit mm. uh, was kind of like just the next evolution of, okay, acrobatics and tumbling is done for me. Like I'm no longer in college. Like I can't do this sport anymore. What is the next kind of evolution of how can I embrace this being strong and continuing to love 
um, my body for what it could do and finding an outlet for that thought process so that way it could continue. So I feel like it all really connected and started back pretty young and it's been like a journey up until this point. Um, and then this is all of it just coming together and finally being able to kind of share my story and find a way that I can help other people go through this journey sooner and kind of help um, facilitate it for them so it doesn't have to be a decade-long process of kind of learning that mindset and that positive self-talk. Yeah, I love it. It's like expediting the process. Like you've done it, you've lived it, you figured it out, <laughs> and now you're going to help expedite the yeah. process for others. <laughs> yes. So I love it. Like just helping people out. Like just, we'll, we'll just start out here, just expedite the process so you don't have to go through everything that like you had to go through to figure it all out. So I love it. Um, totally. Thank you so much for coming and being on the podcast. I absolutely loved having you on here. I think that your story, um, what you're standing for at this point and like who you're serving and like, it, I just love everything that you're doing. And I love that you're able to come on. And even though you primarily work, work with teens, like it's still something that as a grown female, we need to hear. We all need to hear it. So I love oh, yeah. that you were able to come on and speak on this. And I do always ask three questions at the end um, to just oh, wrap up okay. the uh, podcast. So the first question is, what is your favorite word? Ooh, what is my favorite word? Uh, there's so many good words, but <laughs> honestly, I feel like just for where I'm coming from in life and what my journey is, my favorite word has to be strong yeah. because um, I feel like it just has so many different meanings for me as far as being strong in your mindset and being able to overcome um, and being strong mentally, but also physically. I, I love CrossFit. I love lifting. Like it is what has empowered me and given me the confidence to really embrace who I am and, um, loving the fact that I am strong uh, physically because I didn't always love that about myself. You know, I didn't always love when I was little, the fact that I was doing ballet and I was a little thicker and had like some <laughs> biceps popping out when I was like 12 compared to my friends that were tall and long and lean. So I just, I feel like strong has to be the mantra word inside my heart. Cause I feel like it's really embodies who I am. Yeah, I love that. And the question number two is, what is your favorite sound? What is my favorite sound? Ooh. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to go with the sound of, if you haven't done CrossFit before, this is probably <laughs> not going to make much sense, but this is such a huge part of my life that I have to go this direction. But um, if you have ever snatched before, if you do it just perfectly and the bar gently slides past your hips but doesn't make full contact the plates spin and make like a whoosh on the bar just perfectly and that's when you know you have a perfect snatch <laughs> <laughs> I love that I will say so I have to go with that <laughs> I will say that is the first the first time I've had that on the podcast I love that you said that <laughs> perfect sound it's unique it's a good sound though it it's hard to get so when you when you get it you know you've done it right and it takes a ton of work and like really meticulous practice to be able to have that sound so it's it. worth it <laughs> <laughs> I love it okay last question is bedroom car or desk what do you make sure is cleaned first well <laughs> that being organized is probably not my best um attribute so <laughs> My husband would definitely not say car. There's a lot of shaker bottles and coffee cups mm -hmm. in my car. Um, I, I would have to go with desk because, um, again, bedroom, looking around right now, there's quite <laughs> a bit of laundry that needs to be done. Um, I'm going to have to go with desk. I like a good, clean, organized workspace so that way I can kind of focus. And I um, kind of like you, I know that you juggle a nine to five and stuff and do this as well. I'm doing this kind of in my free time in between training and whatnot. So I don't always have a full like eight hours to sit down and plan stuff out. So I yeah. feel like if I really attack it with a plan and don't have distractions around me, um, mm -hmm. then I can put in a solid two hours of work a day and be a lot more productive. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just going to side note it here. 
I'm not the most organized either. <laughs> and you know, Brandon, and I don't know if you know how incredibly insanely meticulous he is. And so we're like total opposites. So oh, yeah. he That's is like, too. everything has a place and everything must go back in that place. And I'm like, eh, I'll just set it up here. <laughs> Like I might need it in a little bit. And so yeah. like, our cars are totally different. Like my oh, car yeah. always got like clothes and like, yes, I found, I did clean out my car on new year's day. I was like, that's my goal. I'm going to clean out my car today. So 2019 cleaning out my car. So I cleaned out my car and I found like the shaker bottle that I've literally, I don't, I, I didn't, I thought I left it somewhere and it was underneath yeah. my feet growing uh, some sort of, you know, oh, I bet that smelled good. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> So I know, I can, totally opposite. Like everything's perfect. You know, office is yeah. always perfect. Looks like I can live everything. for like weeks out of my car trunk. Oh, me I, too. Yeah. Everything that I can yeah. eat. But the second I take something out the next day is the day that I need it. So Absolutely. I just call it being prepared. Right. Right. Like I, yeah. I'm always like, I don't have a jacket. Yes. I don't have a yeah. jacket, but I guarantee you there is something in my backseat. And when, and then what happened is I left my house the next day after cleaning my car out and I was freezing and I forgot my jacket and I was running late and I looked back in my back seat and there was nothing back nothing. there because <laughs> I cleaned it all out. So there you go. Total, totally understand. So thank you so much for being here. And I want to have you tell the listeners if they want to find you, get in your energy and see what you have to offer. How can they find you? Awesome. Um, on Instagram, my personal Instagram, where I do a ton of posting kind of um, about mindset and my journey as an athlete is Emmy Tanner 25. So it's E-M-M-I-E-T-A-N-N-E-R 25. And then my website where I have all of my courses and everything for teens is the mproject.com. So T-H-E project.com. Um, and then one more, just for if there happens to be any teen listeners or moms out there, I also have a private Instagram page. You have to be a teen to be a part of it, um, but it's uh, the M Tribe. So at T H E E M T R I B E. So that's what we call kind of our little group of teen athletes. So if you're a teen out there or a mom that has a teen, request to follow that, and then you can be in the group, and that's totally free. All of that content um, is just stuff that I put out and ways for athletes and the girls that I work with to kind of connect via the internet. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was so fun to have you on. And everyone else listening, I will see you in the next episode.